Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Greenlight Reviews, where we talk about the movies. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And today we're going to discuss, Anne, a very romantic film called The Light Between Oceans. Oh, I love romantic movies. <laughs> well, this one comes from a fairly popular novel written by M.L. Studman, and it is written and directed by Derek Chanfrance. Well said. And it stars... Michael Fassbender, Alicia Vikander, and Rachel Weiss. Mm -hmm. It is about a young man recently fought in World War I. He is kind of shell-shocked. He's very unsocial. Correct. And he is living on a remote island off the coast of Australia where there is a lighthouse. Mm -hmm. He goes ashore every once in a while to buy things and meet people. And he sees this extraordinarily beautiful, vibrant young woman. Her name is Isabel, and that is Alicia Vikander. They look at each other, and they fall totally, totally in love. They wind up marrying, right. and she moves to the island to live with him because he is now the lighthouse keeper. Exactly. Isabel's whole modus operandi is not only to make her husband Tom happy, but she wants to give him a baby. Of course. She wants a child. She wants a family. Unfortunately, Isabel suffers not one, but two miscarriages and is bereft and depressed. And, of course, this affects their marriage. Of course it does. Now, they're on this island in the middle of the ocean, really, and there are a lot of storms. And on one particular time, they're having a terrible storm, mm -hmm. and they find a rowboat that has washed up on shore. Yes. And inside the rowboat is a dead man. And a tiny baby. Right. Now, remember that Isabel has had two miscarriages. She's very distraught about that, as any woman would be. And since they don't know who the man is and they don't know who the baby is, they decide to keep the baby as their own. That is right. And not tell anybody. Now, I think we have to say that it is Isabel's pleading with Tom that makes him cave to her wishes. Definitely. He at first wants to report that he found the dead man to the authorities in Australia. She begs him not to do that and to simply bury him on the island. Then, when it comes to the issue of the baby, she said, well, perhaps we can just keep him for a day or we can keep the baby for a week and then it becomes a month and finally her husband Tom says, all right, we will raise the baby as our own, and we will tell no one how we got this child. That's very, very true, Anne. And that is where, frankly, this movie went off the rails for me. Really? Yes. I thought that was such an interesting moral decision that they made, and how it almost destroyed Tom, because he had such a conscience about having made such a terrible decision for some woman who is the wife and the mother of this child. That's very true, but I don't think it was a moral choice. I think it was a very immoral choice. And because of that, this entire movie went in the wrong direction for me, especially when we find out that Rachel Weiss playing Hannah is living on the mainland, and she is the mother of this child that everybody thought was lost at sea. So now somebody else has been terribly, terribly damaged by this. Well, in short order, Tom then confesses the plot 
to this grieving woman, Hannah, and now he is brought to trial for the murder of Hannah's husband. You see, the townspeople realized that what Tom had done was a crime. Right. And so they have to punish him. Much of the book, and consequently much of the movie, is devoted to Tom's trial. We also get to see Isabel's refusal to give up the baby and the tragic outcome of that couple's monstrous decision. When I look at this movie, I think, you know, this is a story that dealt with how Tom and Isabel lived out a lie, the lie that that baby was theirs, and how that lie affected their marriage. It's also about Tom's personal relationship to God, and that's a major portion of this movie, religion, and then the disastrous results of their selfish decision-making process. That's very true. All right, let's talk about some of the good things in this film. The main one for me is mm-hmm. Alicia Vikander. She won Best Supporting Actress Correct. for The Danish Girl. Yep, I love her. She is beautiful. She is tremendously talented. Indeed, she is. She was fantastic in this movie. Absolutely. The scene during another storm where she is miscarrying a baby and fights her way up the outside steps in this horrible driving rain and terrible wind to get into the lighthouse was really an astonishing piece of acting. I love her very much. I think she is just wonderful. I will go to see anything she ever does. (laughs) Even this movie. I don't think you'll see it a second time, though. I will not see it a second time. (laughs) Now, I want to talk about Rachel Weitz because I think she does a great job as Hannah, the grieving widow. She is so compelling in this role, so believable, that you can understand why Tom eventually confesses his part in this life-changing decision that he and Isabel made, and you feel for her. It's a very, very interesting way to portray a grieving widow. Again, Rachel Weisz does not disappoint. That's very true. So we really have two women in this film who have both won Oscars. I do want to say, though, that when you look at this movie and you said that it was immoral, I think we have to take a look at Isabel's behavior. She actually is not a very nice woman in this movie. I mean, we have to be frank about this. Of course. She's spirited, she's beautiful, but she's a little selfish. And she's also extremely, I have to say, uncompassionate. When she learns that Hannah is the real mother of this baby, she still wants to keep the child. Yep. So I think that this film really looks at all kinds of emotions and the trio of people involved that are affected by this, you called it, immoral decision. I thought it was provocative. Well, I guess so. Let me put it this way. I did not hate this movie, but I was very uncomfortable with it. Well, maybe you were supposed to be, too. Maybe that was the premise of this film, is not to have a fun, romantic rom-com here. This is a movie that has some very serious moral issues at play. Well, I certainly wasn't looking at Cameron Diaz or anything like that. So I understand that it is supposed to be a very tragic film. You know, we see brainless flicks all the time. All the time. And they crop up like dandelions at the local cineplex. I mean, every weekend there's another idiotic film about frat boys doing this or frat girls and scatological language. And they're like cotton candy. They do nothing. They say nothing. Now we have a movie, The Light Between Oceans, that really takes some chances and talks about something and talks about 
ideas that are relevant. I thought it was an astonishing movie and so necessary in this marketplace and in these times. Okay, I understand what you're saying. I do think it is thought-provoking, but I'm one of these people who gets easily disturbed, I guess. Well, you're a sensitive writer. I'm a very sensitive writer. <laughs> Listen, I cry at commercials. There you go. So, as I say, I don't loathe this film, but I don't like it very much. And for that reason, Anne, mm -hmm. I'm giving it a yellow light. Well, you know how I feel about it. I'm very passionate about the movies that I love. The Light Between Oceans, for me, was a must-see picture. I think women will love it. I think you should rent it. I think you should buy it. I think you should see it over and over again and really study these performances and then talk about the moral issues at play. What will people do? How far will they go to pursue their own selfish desires? That's what this movie really, really talks about. So for me, the light between ocean rates, a green light. Okay. So one green light and one yellow light for the light between oceans. We're going to come back and review another movie very soon. Until that time, my name's Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight hopes that there will be a light between the aisles so you don't step on somebody the next time you go to the movies. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> so, no, right.